welcome to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl, where we prove to you that success is all about embracing the chaos and charging into the unknown. Hey everybody, this is Karen Prawl, along with AJ Guzman. Say hi, AJ. Hey everybody. AJ is our Director of Technology for our group, and he approached me a few months ago and said, have you ever considered making a podcast? Because your life is interesting, messy, chaotic, and fun? I'd say fun. Yeah, fun for sure. Messy. A lot of mess. So we're here today to launch our new podcast, The Messy Empire. We really wanted to make this series because there is a myth out there that every business empire starts out as a well-oiled machine and that every moving part was playing carefully long before it ever started moving. Obviously, that's not true. It's a messy disaster. And while we've achieved success and we're just getting started, we have learned that living in neat and orderly, expected timelines, human capital, and other variables you can never expect. But that's a real myth, though. People do think that all these big businesses had it figured out from the start. Right. And what they don't understand is how messy it is. And I'm just as blind leading going into it as the person next to me. I relate it to like an actor. An actor is now big time. They've had a huge movie and they call that an overnight success. An overnight success, 10 years in the making. Overnight success, 10 years in the making, doing community theater, renaissance festivals, theme park variety shows, and everything they can possibly do. But yet they are considered an overnight success. It's no different in our business. It's no different in any business, I don't think. That's right. right. Well, that's why we're here. Because we want to stop people from thinking that there is a barrier of entry Uh, That makes it difficult to start an empire. So we don't have all the answers, but if we had more people that had ideas that took action to move them forward to build the life they want, this would be such a better place. What does it mean to have a messy empire? Well, it means that you can't require order. You have to be flexible, not only in your day-to-day or how operations, um, flexible in your opinions, but you don't ever have to be flexible in your values. Hmm. So what does it mean? It means I have a direction. It's a North star. It's a goal. And all along the way, I picture myself driving down the highway and nails get thrown at me and a golf ball and I'm driving and all these things to intercept. And, and that is going to happen and how you respond to it. How do you react to it? And how do you move forward? So the reason we are starting this is because I want to impact, right? That's my big why is to impact as many people as I can and leave the world better with every relationship I can have than how I started. And so if we can teach people how to do it anyway, no matter what the mess is and embrace it. Once I accepted that I knew that growing a business or growing a company was going to be really messy, it became fun again. It's really easy to get lost in the minutia or let the small bog you down. And if you step outside yourself and look at the big picture of, is that really going to impact? Is that really an influencer? Is that really going to be a negative uh, mark on, on my business? It probably is no. Is that when you started saying there's no fires in real estate? 
Well, I think it's because I came from restaurants and the hostess, she, we always had to smile no matter what was happening in the kitchen. So we do say, we use a lot of restaurant terms here because of my background. And listen, the kitchen's on fire every day. Every day. I mean, what's on the corner of Karen's office? Sunshine and rainbows. And everybody thinks that that's what it is. And it is. We have fun at work every single day. Mm -hmm. But two things I don't ever mess around with. I don't ever mess around with money and doing the right thing. Hmm. So I can play and I can play, I can play. But when it comes to business, money, or integrity, those are my, it doesn't, I don't negotiate there. All these leadership books and even bold and like that's a KW class and this is not for Keller Williams, this podcast. Talk about our values. Mm -hmm. And what are they? And what are they? And what are they? And the value, and it's interesting, Brene Brown talks about it in her Daring Greatly book. And there's an exercise in what are your values? And I realize that my number one value is standards. Standards? High standards or? Um, a standard. I think I do have high standards, but I've realized in my life I was always looking for standards and I never got them. What do you mean you never got them? Okay, so I was raised in a large family and being the youngest, parents lighten up or relax a little bit. So I never have the standard of these are your grades, this is the expectation. It was kind of... Oh, kind of expectations, kind of... Nothing. Okay. Very, very, allowed me to be a big thinker, mm -hmm. um, but never like, I expect this, I expect this, I expect this. However, my mom and dad have a very high natural standard too. My dad's passed, um, but they did have standards. Mm -hmm. So I, I role, they role modeled the behavior, but they didn't verbalize the expectation. Would that sometimes be called accountability? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So that would bring in a whole nother podcast of accountability that I didn't have growing up. Uh, which, but, and the plus side of that is I became a very free thinker and big thinker. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't anyone telling me I couldn't do it. That's good, though. Yeah. That's great. Which is kind of the point of this whole podcast is... I think there are a lot of people that imagine a better life or a bigger life and they don't even know how to take a first step because they get into over analysis and they get paralyzed mm -hmm. about what to do. So when we go through this, I think it's going to be important to talk about first action steps. What do you mean? So deciding what it is that you want and why you want it, because if you don't have that North star first, to understand what it is that you want, you're never going to have a map to get there. We talk about it a lot in leadership. If I have a map and it says you are here, but that doesn't exist, how do you know which way you're going? Because my you are here on a map of the United States could be Orlando, Florida, or Denver, Colorado, or Providence, Rhode Island. How would you know? I've never made it clear where I'm going. Huh. So kind of step one is defining the target. Yep. Step two is figuring out where you are now. Mm -hmm. My defining target has evolved, and that's what I want people to do. Start with one idea of what it is that they want and do the action steps. It'll take you further. Because I remember thinking so small that I would never make a decision without my husband over $500 in spending. Well, it's funny. Four years ago, literally, I was interviewing for a job with Mike's work in Columbia, Maryland, and we were at dinner, and he was interviewing me. And it was actually the toughest interview I've ever had in my life, but it was also probably the best interview I've ever had because it really got me closer to my North Star. Mm -hmm. He That two days with him impacted me in a massive way. 
um, to understand what it is that I wanted. And he said, how much would you be willing to spend without asking, not asking permission, but running it by your spouse? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe I said either three or $500. And he was like, wow. I said, why? How, what is that number for you? And he said, I've bought companies and I've never told my wife. <laughs> Seems crazy, right? To buy a company and not tell your wife. What is it today? Um, I would spend without, with, with letting him know, well, we just started a hemp company. So that's, um, interesting. And, and I did know about that, uh, probably about $50,000. All right. So how long have you wanted to own 12 market centers before you even started taking action before you declared it as your one goal? Like knowing that was my number was 12. Just knowing that you wanted something bigger. Uh, 2013 or 2014. Okay. Okay. So that's around six years ago mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. We know four years ago you made the first domino fall over and that's what started this huge chain of events. What if you had knocked that first domino over in 2013 and you were essentially 24 months further down the road right now? Uh, well, I actually thought I was. So I love that you brought that up. I actually thought I was because the person I was in business with said, when you hit this, we're going to go open a second office. Oh, okay. And that didn't happen. So that's when I had to take a different action. And that's what people don't know is the path that you think you're going to go on is not all going to be the path. Life and relationships will take you somewhere else. So I knew I had to get out of business and go find my new partner. Wow. There's two people that could be listening then at this point. We could have someone who hasn't started at all. What do you think they're going to get out of this podcast? Just to go do it anyway. Just to go do it anyway? Try. There try. is no try. Why is there no try? Uh, trying means you're not taking action. Like, I think about it. It's possible. Maybe. That's a try. It's an, uh, Really, it's taking action. Okay, so we can get this person from having the thought to taking action. Mm -hmm. Really chunk it down to what the first step would be. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you and I have talked about businesses I've tried, businesses I've started, things I've failed, websites I own. I mean, so many things. And I'm like, okay, what do I focus my time and energy on that's going to get me the best result to my first action item to then move me to the second? Because I think what people get in overwhelm and stop taking action is they try to go from zero to 100. Not zero to one, one to two, two to three. It's so simple, right? So I would always think, I'm a big thinker, like, how am I going to have world domination? And I picture me piloting a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. And we talk about what does that look like, a big life, and who do we emulate after. But if I don't do this first, then I can't get to the next step. So it really is chunking it down. So let's say it was a business of, I don't know, pick, an industry, pick any business. Let's break it down. All right. Let's say we sell ice cream. Okay. We sell ice cream. Now, what kind of ice cream? Um, let's do frozen yogurt out of a truck. Frozen yogurt out of a truck. What has to happen first? First, we need a truck. Maybe? No? No. Oh, it's... First, you need to find the ice cream. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You have to see if it's the right product, if you believe in it. Because if you don't believe in the ice cream, you're not going to be able to sell it. Okay. First, we need to find the ice cream. First, you find the ice cream. Then you have to f discover supply chain, logistics, you know, and all this is available online. Like, forget college. Like, you can probably go on Khan Academy and figure this out. So so what I should do then, if I'm 
was thinking of starting an ice cream spot, is go on Khan Academy and find out all of the steps I need to take in order to get my ice cream truck up and running? No, first I'd find my favorite ice cream. Because I find my favorite ice cream because now I believe in it. So if you want to start an ice cream business, if you want to set a dog walking business, any business you want, you have to believe in the idea of it first and you know if it's going to make the right impact of what you want. All right, so let's say I'm, I'm a realtor. Uh, I'm doing pretty okay, maybe selling seven to ten homes a year. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm just a realtor. I'm just a practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I want to go to the next level. I want to be like the stars that walk across the stage at family reunions. I want to be a team leader. I want to be a business owner. What do I need to do to take that leap? Well, first, I, you have to take a look at yourself and saying, how am I showing up every single day? Because I had someone say to me in a class, if HGTV came in and wanted to film everything you're doing every day for your, quote, real estate business, would you be proud to show it to your friends and family? Wow. That's a gut check, right? Yeah. So first I'd have to ask is, one, do I really believe that I'm going to be the one to do it? Because if I don't believe in me, because I am the product to connect buyers and sellers, right? I am it. If I don't believe that I can do it, that's my first action item. The second one would be, are the activities I'm doing every day the right activities that I could video myself, put a GoPro on me? that I would be the most efficient, proactive realtor in the area. So what I love about this is that you never said, I would make a plan to make X dollars per year and how many homes I need to sell and how many people that means. You didn't say that. Those weren't, that might be step three or four or five. Right. But that wasn't step one or two. No, like what am I doing every day? So I, when I was a realtor and I wasn't, purposeful in what I was doing. Can I tell you my day? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'd wake up at like, I'd probably go out the night before till one or two in the morning. Okay. And then, I mean, I was really young then. And then step two, I would wake up at nine or 10. I'd watch like the end of the today show, a little bit of the view, do some laundry, make up a couple calls. I don't know, go show a house, ask my friends if they want to go preview with me. And I still sold over 30 homes my first year. Oh, wow. So something was working, but I believed that I was the person that could do it. So I think that's where that started. Okay. And then when I decided to get really purposeful, it really changed. I was not staying out super late. I was doing my activities in the morning, like get up and go to work, like take a shower. So let's start there, (laughs) right? And look, and because I always believe that if I saw someone at the grocery store, I might have to sell them a house. Get to, actually. I might get to sell them a house. If you saw someone at the grocery store. Yeah, and if they saw me at 1 o'clock and I'm wearing sweats and have my hair in a messy pony, do they think I'm really a successful realtor? Probably not. No. They're like, what is she doing watching The View again? It became, oh, I only have to work four hours of purposeful time and then I have all the freedom in the world if I get my job done. Mm -hmm. But it only starts with me showing up for work. So let's talk about what starts to happen then. Mm -hmm. Because you're showing up. I took a shower. They've taken a shower. Mm -hmm. They've got to the office at 8.30. They prospect until 12.30. People don't want to hear that, AJ. 
That sounds really stressful and overwhelming. What do you mean? Show up at 830, prospect till noon. I'm like, sounds easy, but the reality is, oh, I'm on Facebook and I'm going to check my bank account. God, should I pay that credit card bill? <laughs> like everything gets in the way other than reaching out to people. But it shouldn't. I know, but we're human. So now we have to, if the work we're going to do and we're going to do work, then we have to be very purposeful of what it is that we do. Okay. So, you know, I'm being real with myself then. All right. Yeah. 8.30 to 12.30 is not going to happen. Come on. Maybe 9.30 to 10.30. All right. But what does that mean? So I got to buckle down from 9.30 to 10.30, dialing. I pick up the phone book, and I start with the A's, and I work my way down. Do you even know what a phone book is? I've met a phone book before. Okay. Yeah. I don't care. Pull up your favorites in your phone. I did a mastermind today with some top agents, and in the room there were maybe, what, 10 of us? Tops. Tops. And how, do you remember how many contacts they each, they had in their phone as a whole? Oh God, between those 10, it was like something like 35,000 contacts. 35,000 contacts. It's a ridiculous amount. Right. And that could. You, you did the math. There was something like 3,000 transactions sitting on everybody's phone right now. Right. And they had done as a total 300. Yeah, that's a big difference. Huge difference. So. It is whether or not you decide to do it. It all comes down to a decision. All right. Follow me down this path. Okay. You got me. All right. Starting tomorrow, I show up every single day at 9.30. Okay. But the other side of the camera that's on you at all times is me talking to you. <laughs> if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what does. I show up every day, 9.30. I'm dialing until 11.30 getting so much business that I don't know what to do with it. I'm getting so much business that I don't have time to breathe. Well, while that may be true, and I don't believe you, <laughs> do you agree with me? Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. While that's not really happening because you've called four people and you're feeling really proud of yourself right now, <laughs> it's how are you following up? Because the magic really is in the follow-up. So then what are you doing? Mm. Right? When someone you met down the street, are you asking on Facebook, what's your favorite neighborhood? Are you reaching out to someone who, hey, here's a CMA. I thought you might be interested in it. Are you doing anything to talk about real estate? Because what I find is, one, everybody wants to talk about it, A. And two, we don't know what to say. I'm going to challenge you on this. Bring it. That sounds really organized. Okay, this is called the messy empire. Be I'm not that organized. I, I don't know if I could do that. You know the difference, I think, of people who really build empires and businesses and people that don't? No. What is it? They're afraid to look messy. What do you mean? What do Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos or Herb Kelleher, rest in peace, they can all laugh at themselves and they can poke at themselves and they have a human side to them. And they're not afraid of looking messy because it is messy, right? So I think in order to build, actually I know, to, in order to build an empire, you have to be humble. Here's what I realize. I look around at these people and I look on TV shows and I see fancy suits and beautiful cars and 
blah, blah, blah. And then I look around at our own market area and I see people in gorgeous suits and beautiful dresses and nice handbags. And yet, if we really peel behind the onion, they're really not building or netting more money because they're so scared to not look good. Because what's human nature? It's looking good and being right. Isn't that what we all want for acceptance? Yeah. So if you're not willing to own that it's messy, you're never going to be able to grow. And once I accepted chaos into my life, even though I am chaos, like I am a hurricane, I'm a tornado, uh, shoes calls it, I'm a vortex of, of mess, but I have embraced it. And so once I decided that it was okay to be messy and it's okay to, um, screw up and make mistakes and look silly. And, and then I decided to own it is when my whole world changed. What you're saying then is that people aren't afraid of the mess. People are afraid of looking like they don't know what they're doing or looking like they don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. So messy is just embracing the fact that you might not know what you're doing for a couple of minutes and just diving in headfirst anyway. Yeah. I mean, that was my first year in real estate. I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. I just trusted people to tell me and I listened and I did what they said. And then like a year or two later, I'd go, oh, that's why I did that. Like I'm a late learner and I mean late, like two years late. Yeah. And so if I trusted people that they were guiding me in the right decision and you know, if someone's good immediately, if you trust that your gut will tell you, Mm -hmm. and I really rely a lot on my gut and two, if I agreed to be messy and allowed myself to be coached or trained. Where are some examples that you think this shows up? Of being coached or trained? Some agents that are afraid to be messy and then when they get comfortable. Okay, let's go to step one, the afraid to be messy. Tell me more about that, what you're, what you're thinking. I'm not really thinking anything in particular. I'm just trying to get it on theme. Okay, so oftentimes agents find themselves making the same amount of money every year. Okay, 60,000, 60,000, 70,000. Maybe they had a great year. Maybe they went to 76,000, back down to 68, right? So I call that like a cycle, 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 hitting a ceiling. Hmm. And their head hurts, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, does your head hurt? Because you haven't grown your business in five years. And it's no longer about how long you've been in real estate. It's about how many transactions you're doing. Because mm. my, like I said, my mother's been an agent. doesn't mean she sold a house. I have agents that are brand new and selling 10, 20, 30, 40 houses a year. They have more real estate experience in today's market than an agent of 10, 20, or 30 years that sells two to five homes a year. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. So what's, what makes those people different is that they're coachable, they allow training, and they listen to people who have done it before them that want to save them time. So there's a lot of a lot of presuppositions in that. Because if you're going to be coachable, you got to accept that you might not be the one with the right answer. Right. And if you're going to learn from other people, you have to accept that other people might be smarter than you. And that's all packaged up inside of, this means I'm not the best person in the world. This means I'm not the smartest person here. Well, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Right? So when you're trying to build something and you some, you know something has to change and you don't know what it is, 
Stop worrying about looking good. Stop worrying about looking good. Yeah. I think that's a good way to sum up messy. I mean, if if I was so concerned about looking good all the time, I don't know that I would have much authenticity behind it. So for you, messy doesn't mean not having it figured out. Messy means not worrying about how you look when you do it. I To me, messy and authentic go hand in hand. Authentic. The mm-hmm. authentic empire. <sighs> yes. And no, I really, because messy, because obviously my world is is I've had to embrace the chaos. But when you when you accept that there's always someone better, smarter, prettier, wealthier, skinnier, more fit, when you accept that that is in life in every step of your journey that that's always going to be there, that's a self-acceptance that you can't you can't change. Like that's an awesome feeling. And once you get once you get over that I feel like your road is is so much clearer because I may be selling $25 million today, but there's someone right behind me that's about to sell 28 who started a year and a half ago. That's always going to happen, but it's how do I stay relevant and how do I move me to the next level? If you know that you're not living the life you should be, and you're exhausted by what hasn't happened so far, and you want to build something that gets you to your potential, it's fulfilling, and it can impact or change not only your life, but those you love around you, then this show is for you. But one thing we all have to agree to is that in order to do it, it's going to be messy. Any suggestions for our next episode? Tell us on Instagram at The Messy Empire. Thank you for listening to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl.